Welcome in to episode 136 of Living Off the Land, brought to you by Main Street Marketing and Design. Main Street is a local marketing group with a passion for assisting others in promoting their businesses and helping them grow. Nearly 100,000 businesses have shut down due to the global pandemic, and this devastating statistic resonated with Main Street, and they felt that they had something significant to offer to local businesses in a cost-effective manner. Main Street takes great pride in exceeding the expectations of their clients by offering a variety of services such as content management, digital analytics, website design, graphic design, and photography. From simple logo design to complete company rebrand, Main Street takes great pride in delivering the best marketing and design services available in today's marketplace. For more information, visit MainStreetMarketingDesign.com to schedule a consultation and learn how Main Street can assist your local business. On this week's episode of Living Off the Land, we talk with actor and comedian Eric Helwig, notable Baker Mayfield fan, uh, host of Bring in the Backups podcast. We talk a little bit about what it's like being an actor and comedian during this pandemic, talk a little bit about what it was like being on America's Got Talent, and before all that, we have our beer of the week. Let's roll. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the all things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. All right, here we go. Another episode, uh, 136, and it is Beer of the Week time. And uh, special one this week, non-Cleveland edition, non-Ohio edition. Uh, we're going all the way down to a uh, little south of Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> El Segundo uh, Brewing Company, the Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. What do we think? Uh, first, uh, first, first sip. What do we think? Uh, first sip is solid. A lot better than I was expecting. Um, I know LA probably has a decent beer scene, but usually with these gimmicky beers, you never know what you're gonna get. But that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, I was. I was afraid yeah. it was gonna be just somebody sl- like like uh, Conor McGregor's proper twelve <laughs> Irish whiskey. Proper twelve, just absolute <laughs> garbage. Um, yeah, I was afraid that it was gonna be uh, something in that category. Uh, but it's not. This is this I, is pretty good. I'd say first sip is way better than I was expecting. Great citrusy notes. Uh, probably what grapefruit. I think is the main one I'm tasting. I don't know. Every time I think I know, something? I'm wrong. Every time I say something, so I don't know. It's Does an, it have it's, leather bags? It's definitely gonna. Uh, it's an IPA. <laughs> leather uh, bags. Yeah. No. <laughs> let me let me read the description real quick uh, on the can. So, Broken Skull India Pale Ale, a badass six point seven percent IPA, designed by Steve Austin and El Segundo Brewing Company, for the working man and woman. It features Citra, Cascade, and Chinook hops to deliver big flavor with an easy finish. Now stop reading and start enjoying this awesome beer. Cheers. <laughs> now here's here's the thing though. I wanna I already call bullshit <coughs> on that because how if, dare you? <laughs> can you imagine if like 10, 20 years ago somebody threw Stone Cold Steve Austin a couple IPAs in the ring, what wrestling ah, fans would think that, or I say. Know, yeah, the fact that so he's he, got so he does this now. No. 
Does so, he really? So when he shows up on like Monday Night Raw, no, Rome, he's yes, just crushing IPAs. Well, so if you've ever watched, <laughs> well, no, that, he never when, drinks. I when know he, when he, you know, clashes them together, half the beer spills out anyway. I'm not even talking about drinking it. I'm <laughs> just saying the BS that I call is on the fact that it's an IPA. Like how how could you know? It's like he's like a right. You you expect like him a, to drink like, like a Bush yeah, Light kind of guy. You expect him to drink or, like Bud Diesel. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, you know, yeah, I don't know. MGD or something uh, like that. I feel like uh, the the old school uh, Stone Cold crew would be like IPAs. Those are those are hipster nonsense beers. But I don't know. I tell you what, though. I tell you what. That that's kind of changing. That tide's been changing. Like like even uh, Eric. Um, oh wow, I forgot. We haven't introduced How him yet. How dare you? <laughs> we haven't lifted the curtain. Well, yet. we'll get into there. We'll get into this in a second. But we have a special guest today, and he had brought up earlier how. Uh, seltzers. He was getting made fun of for drinking <laughs> seltzers, but and I've had that too at times. But I feel like now you're that... him. Now you're ringing him out to dry before no, you even introduce no, him. Why don't no. you just introduce him? You introduce him. All right, let's fine. Do, so the reason why, and Eric, I fully apologize for jumping the gun there on Jordan's behalf. Uh, <laughs> the reason why we have El Segundo Brewing Company today is we are welcoming on uh, LA-based comedian, writer, and actor Eric Helwig. Welcome, Eric. What's going on, guys? Uh, you fucked up my intro. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is why we can't so, have nice so things. Sorry. Yeah, this is why we can't. By the, by the way, I, I have it on. I have it on good information that uh, Stone Cold in those beers, it's actually just pain pills ground up into smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna... spine isn't connected yeah. in five different places. Uh, yeah, so uh, appreciate you jumping on, and this was kind of a, kind of an interview that came like out of nowhere. Uh, we uh, uh, got this uh, follow, and we can we can explain kind of how it all went went about when we talk about uh, bringing in the backups your podcast. Um, we got this uh, follow from you, and I, and I saw it, and I'm like, who like. Who who is this guy? He's not from. It doesn't look like he's from Cleveland. He, because uh, like honestly, our followers are like family and friends from like Cleveland. So it's like when we get when we get somebody we don't know and like has like oh wow he has a lot of followers. And then, <laughs> so we're like let's follow him back and let's send him a DM and get him on the show. So uh, it was really interesting how this kind of uh, came together. But we're super glad you're on the show and get to talk to you about all you've uh, got going on and all you've accomplished and uh uh i can't wait to talk eagles browns by the way oh well yeah i'll i'll skip that part if you're willing because that was a, a disgrace but uh and just so you know yeah like i i message i think i followed you guys that's what i do with the podcast when you're not like that famous of a comedian i mean i'm basically just cold calling people on twitter to be like do you like sports <laughs> yeah. you? well i don't know you yeah <laughs> and like one in ten people's like i like sports <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know you that's got how you, that's how you find fans early on yeah you got to perform in front of simon cowell and uh howie mandel and gab union and uh so you know we're going to talk about that as well but uh yeah let's not sell yourself short there Oh no! I mean, yeah, I've, I've done some cool stuff, but I mean, as far as like to really get to the point where you're, you have a, you know, I'm not like Joe Rogan or something where people are just going to listen to the podcast because they've heard it a million times. So you really have to just 
put yourself out there with it. And I'm, you know, I don't think the podcast sucks or anything, so I'm not embarrassed showing it to strangers. Yeah. But that's really the, uh, you know, what sucks is like when I was 22 and I was making sketches with my friends that like didn't have a joke until six minutes in. I was the <laughs> most confident about that material. So when you YouTube me, I've surrounded my podcast with a sea of mediocrity for the 10 years before it. <laughs> but now, hopefully, the content's at a place where I'm like, I'm ready for people. I'm ready for four random dudes in Ohio to see it and like it, hopefully. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I loved your uh, Kelly Holcomb episode from a couple weeks ago. Uh, loved it, and but also it made me kind of cry and die a little inside when you were talking about that uh 2002 playoff game so uh thanks for that by the way yeah sorry about that man it is bittersweet but you know i dated a girl in college who was a a diehard cleveland fan and she wasn't even from cleveland her mom was so she was just kind of brainwashed into liking the brand how i like the eagles even though i've never lived in philly (laughs) yeah so i always had like a little soft spot in my heart for the browns and then um I don't know, man. I, I find it fascinating how, like, everybody in the country except for Cleveland hates on Baker Mayfield. Thank but you. But you guys – but it's it's so funny. Like, like every sports show I watch, they're like, they got to sit this guy down. And then when I'm meeting Browns fans online, they're all, like – they have, like, tattoos of Baker Mayfield <laughs> on their taint. Like, they love him so much. <laughs> I'm like, what's the, what's the disconnect here? What do you guys know that the rest of us don't? What kind of Browns fans are you following on right. social media? <laughs> No, I man, dude, I do. I like Baker. I mean, look, this is the way I feel. I feel like if you're seven and three, everybody else can shut the fuck up. You know, like yeah. Oh, am I, am I allowed to curse on this? Sorry. Uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's okay. okay. Yeah. No, don't worry about I'll, it. I'll try to clean it up. No, you're um, good. Yeah, but like you guys are seven and three. Like, what are people complaining about? You're winning, and it's like the city hasn't had a lot of winners with their football team for two decades. So. Yeah, I think people need to get off his back, and like he's still a young quarterback, he'll develop. Like I don't know, man. I'm I'm, sure. I'm all in on Baker. I, I like him a lot. I'm I, happy for you guys. I'm right there with you. I think uh, uh, myself a little bit more, but Ryan as well. We're like the uh, we're like the Baker fan club. Uh, as far as I, I don't know about I don't know about uh, inappropriate tattoo placements, but uh, well, I got something to tell you guys. Actually, jeez, well, uh, uh, no. you have one. No, so here's here's the thing, and I. You hit the nail on the head. It's like we're seven and three. Like everyone's crying about, oh well, the wins are so ugly, and oh, we're beating bad teams. And in my mind, I'm like, who gives a damn? We're winning games. For years, we haven't. I mean, there'd be years. We've talked about this on here before, where there'd be it would take us two or three years to get to seven wins. Why? Why are we all upset all of a sudden? So Dude, yeah. let, let, let me tell you something. Like as an Eagles fan, you know, I have what people consider like the idiot drunk guy calling into a radio station at noon take, where I'm like. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Why isn't he still the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. somebody explained to me why the guy that won the Super Bowl and made me hug my dad in a bar in Philly <laughs> yeah. is not the guy that's the quarterback. And I like I don't care that they moved up to get Wentz. I don't care that they moved draft picks. But that's like analysts will do that. They'll just like they'll talk you out of a common sense thing of like, hey man. You remember, I don't know if you guys remember, and I'm sure you hate the Ravens for good reason. Yes. But when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they had Trent Dilfer. Right. And they were like, the next season, like, hey, I got an idea. I know that douchebag won the Super Bowl last year, <laughs> but what about this guy named after Elvis? I think he <laughs> yeah. would do better. Yeah. Elvis Gerbach. How did that work out? Yeah. How did it work out getting rid of Nick Foles for the Eagles? Like, 
if you're winning, just shut up and win. Like, it's not that complicated. Funny story about Elvis Gerbach. He actually lives in Cleveland now as a, and as a uh, high school football coach in Cleveland. Oh, really? He, he, he's not from Cleveland. He never played for Cleveland, but he lives is in Cleveland. He, uh, is he coaching a high school team that Trent Dilfer was coaching this season before? I think he's coaching a high school team that Trent Dilfer is still playing for. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, uh, that's 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 interesting. I, I, I guess he must love the area then, if he's not even from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting how many uh, how many former athletes uh, that played in Cleveland still live here, like after their playing days are over. Except for LeBron. Except for LeBron. Well, he yeah yeah, yeah he he left here twice. So yeah, and guess yeah, what? Yeah. He's gonna come back again and like. Uh, well, just wait till we draft his son. Like some asshole in a toxic relationship. I'm gonna welcome him back with open arms <laughs> again. Yep. Because yeah, you, you guys just like pick up. A, like a new LeBron jersey every five years just to burn it. You're yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Right. The <laughs> most flammable of the Cavaliers colors. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for when we. So his contract is going to expire when uh, Junior is going to be draft eligible. So I can't wait for us to draft Junior. LeBron comes back for one more one more victory tour and two fifths of our starting lineup are LeBron James. <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna last that long. How old oh. is this kid? Oh, his kid—he's uh, almost there. His I, kid's going to be a sophomore or junior this yeah, year. Yeah, he's got to get there by his then. He's got four more years before he can. Play. Yeah, LeBron—he'll keep stringing that out. You guys don't want like slow, fat LeBron. Like no. you want. I, I was. I look. I. I was. Uh, I was in D.C. for high school when Jordan came back. Oh God! I, Where I, in the four or five? The, the, the first time he missed a dunk. People were like, people were like, we fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not the same dude. Not only that, but he was the GM and drafted Kwame Brown. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, forgot Kwame. about that. For oh. as good for as good of a basketball player Michael Jordan is, he's equally as bad as a GM. And oh yeah, yeah. He's ter- He's terrible as a GM. Like the the Hornets are in the worst spot you can be, where it's like. Just do what the Sixers did. Just suck horrifically yeah. for uh, for five seasons. I'd rather be that than be like the eleven to eight seed. Yep. Like in the league every year for two decades. That's worse. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah, you end up in basketball purgatory, right. going nowhere, and then you lose whatever talent you developed. Yeah. And you get to reboot. It's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the, if the Hornets can make a move for Russell Westbrook, maybe they can like get lucky. Yeah, but but again, like it, they're never going to be in a position to win any. Like the, their best case scenario is they find a way to win a playoff series in the next five years, but they're never going to win a title unless you're like you need a homegrown superstar that like has to stay in Charlotte for six years. That's the only way. Imagine, imagine uh, them trading for Russell Westbrook. And having uh, Lavar Ball hover around that team because Lamelo is now on the on the Hornets. Imagine that marriage. Oh, yeah, that would. But be, they would yeah. they would probably have to get rid of. Uh, I think they'd probably have to trade um, Ball Junior. Yeah. How would you feel about that, Jordan? Lamelo Ball on the Rockets. I would hate that because I, <laughs> yeah, I don't like Lamelo Ball. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not convinced he's going to be a superstar or yeah. a star, but I could be wrong. Um, okay, well let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the podcast. Bring in the backups. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the thought process going into um, you know talking about backup quarterbacks and and what uh, what made you want to do a podcast about that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the thought process was, so, you know, around April 1st, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, which means, you know, there was none of that with the pandemic, so I was masturbating approximately 72 (laughs) times a day, and I was like, I need to start a podcast about something, and I was, like, batting around a bunch of different ideas, and one of my friends just said, look, man, it's so much work once you get into it. I'm sure as you guys know this, it really should just be the thing that you do on your spare time because it'll get it'll get really old otherwise. And as he was saying that, I was watching a YouTube clip of Tony Banks throwing an interception in 1996. And like that is something I do is I just watch wow, Tony old Banks. football clips and I'm, I'm like fascinated by the idea of backup quarterbacks and what their journeys are like. So I was like, I could do a podcast about that. I Googled it. I didn't see anybody else doing it. And then that was uh, that was basically the formation of the idea. And then since then, it's just been kind of figuring out, like, you know, I bought this, uh, I don't know what you guys use, but I use this uh, Rodecaster Pro, which is like a $700 piece of equipment. Yeah. And I, I intentionally bought the nice one because I was like, I, I won't pussy out. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll make yeah money if you yeah, if you invest so, if you invest that much you'll actually commit to it right well, well yeah man i knew nothing about uh, obviously auto you know engineering or i didn't know anything about that i'd never edited video before like i barely even knew like how to use a microphone yeah so the idea of like besides just walking on stage and doing jokes in clubs so the learning curve for how to actually like kind of figure out the equipment and all that stuff like did take a couple months, but once we got into it, I mean, the easy part's making the podcast. The hard part right. is randomly messaging people like you and being like, "Do you like the Browns?" Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like that's the hard. Like the work is the promotion. <laughs> the, the talking to my friends on the podcast and making fun of noodle armed backups. Is, you know, that's the fun part. Well, hey, if you ever want to do another Browns episode, we've got about 35 uh, quarterbacks that yeah. we've had since 99. Oh, man, so. I, know, I know you do. Seneca Wallace, I was thinking about Spurgeon Wynn. Spurgeon Wynn, yeah, yeah. I always like, you guys had, uh, who was that guy? Uh, Charlie Fry. Do you Charles? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I, was one of, I was one of Charlie's Fries. That was his <laughs> fan club. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't. Yeah, the one thing about that 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 dumb jersey you guys have with like eighty five quarterbacks <laughs> on it is like it's yeah. been twenty years. Everybody's gonna have a lot of quarterbacks on right. their jersey. Right. It's just it's just you guys. I think feel like you're such a positive fan base. Like you're like week seventeen. Your fifth your fifth string quarterback comes in and throws two completions. <laughs> you're yep. like, is this the guy? Exactly. <laughs> hey, that, yeah, yeah. You should listen to sports talk radio in this city because that's literally what it is. It's yeah, absolutely wanted. I mean, there was there was uh, a radio host in Cleveland uh, after we started two and one, and because Baker didn't throw for fourteen hundred yards and seventy two touchdowns, they were asking, "Hey, would we be three and zero if uh, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? Uh, who's our backup now? Oh, uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Would Case Keenum do better? Like, like for God's sake, like." <laughs> We're two and one for the first time in like fifteen years, and just because Baker's not throwing three touchdowns a game, you want to put in the backup quarterback? Like, why? Dude, it, people don't respect winning. Yeah, you're winning. Just they don't. don't they don't. Mess, just, right. It's like, did you watch Bull Durham? 
Don't yeah. mess with a winning streak. Yeah. You're winning. Just shut up and ride it, dude. It's magic. That's, right. that's what it is. We're winning, but people don't like how we're winning because it's not like running for 200 yards and throwing for 150 is not sexy in today's NFL. Well, so people don't like it. Well, and it's what I, I said this before. We're it's not, like I assume that people who are all salty about this just play Madden on rookie and just blow up. Uh, their opponent every single week, and it's like, cool, that's super fun in fantasy land, but this isn't how this actually works. Yeah. I, I think some of it might be too just uh, unrealistic expectations. Like I don't, like I see this a lot with Texans fans in years past, where we knew we weren't going to win the Super Bowl, but we were going to make the playoffs, and playoffs are fun. But everyone just whining are they? Because I don't whining. know what it's like. Well, but that's that's like that's but but it has been fun. Like yeah. the times Texans have gone to the playoffs, and they're just whining and whining and whining. Oh my goodness, we didn't win a hundred to one, and blah blah. Yeah. blah. And it's like, no, we didn't win the Super Bowl. No, but like I still had a blast. Like you have to just enjoy the winning, like yeah. you said, when it comes, and you just have to enjoy what you have. Like you never know what could happen. Yeah, like you really exactly, don't. Exactly, man. Yeah. So I I gotta say one thing I love about this podcast so. F- so far is how easy it is to get all of you to start defending Baker Mayfield at once. Like, oh my I don't have god! To say yeah. much. So it's only two of us. It's yeah, only two yeah, of us, though. Yeah, I don't really defend because he doesn't. Either. Well, he does. He doesn't <laughs> care. I'll say. I'll say Baker has has done what he needs to do to uh, to keep the ball moving. Seven but, and three. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's. I'm not where Dan is, but uh, I'm more. I'm more like. Ryan Light when it comes to Baker, <laughs> as far as like uh, how I how I think of him. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so getting getting back to the podcast and the Kelly Holcomb episode, I, I wanted to talk about this because uh, we already talked about the part that made me cry, which was the Steelers <laughs> playoff game in 2 I I it's been eighteen years and I'm still having a hard time getting over it. Um, but the part where you talk about his. Uh, career in NFL Europe and you talking about the jerseys over in NFL Europe I was yeah, laughing yeah. my ass off because I looked because I looked it up and I, that logo for the Barcelona Dragons like is that anime <laughs> like what the hell is that well I mean you... it looks it looks like something it looks like something that you would get like trampled to death under in like a Chinese <laughs> New Year celebration <laughs> yes, like, exactly insane it's such an insane design. Yeah, and then like the colors, it's like green and red and orange and yellow and like what is going on? Well, the way you described it on the podcast was like those, and I, the second you said it, I immediately knew you were talking about. It. It's that little like the kid version of the roller coaster at the fair that comes to town every summer. The second <laughs> yes. you said that, where there, you yeah. see like some dad whose knees are up in his chest. And he's just hating life because it's a thousand degrees, and his kid wants to ride this thing till he throws up. There's actually one yeah. of those not far from here. Uh, yeah, uh, it's ki- some kitty park or something. It's like abandoned. Yeah, but you the can, second you said it, I was yeah, like, "Yup, kitty park." I know what that is. I know exactly like, what you're talking about. I think it's a requirement that if you're a father riding with your son on that ride, you have to have been divorced in the last six months. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like by, the, by, the sec, by the second hill, you have to be thinking about what you did to drive your wife away from you. <laughs> so no dad ever doesn't look like he's contemplating his mistakes in his relationship halfway through that ride. <laughs> what else did you say? You said something like it's the dad who's sitting watching the game with his, with his son that he really doesn't want to talk to or uh-huh. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh sad God. dad. Yeah, it's a sad dad ride. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was I. I was laughing so hard at that. That was hilarious. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, so bring in the backups podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, check it out for sure. And then uh, yeah, Jordan wanted to run through some uh, yeah. some rapid fire well, questions with you. Be, actually, before we get to that, I had a question about your podcast. Did you do you have any? Um, like, how far do you plan in advance? Like, how many like these backup quarterbacks that you're choosing? Is this like a thing you do on a weekly basis, or do you have a whole bunch of them lined up? So, let me just say, like, even the fact that you guys have a producer, you're a million times more planned than I am. Like, like I, I literally like I, I had a guest on this week. I was like sweating, like trying to read up Wikipedia Glenn Foley facts five seconds before he came on. <laughs> oh, this, and this is literally I keep the, wiping my face. Statistical. Oh, sorry, what's up? No, I was just going to say, you said about like sitting there like sweating and stuff. Like I'm literally doing that right now. Yeah, but no, but you're, you're sweating because maybe it's a hot room. Like I'm sweating <laughs> exactly. because I've done no preparation for my show. Like I, I, I'd say 90% of what I'm talking about in the podcast is pulled directly from my asshole. And I, I kind of like that. Do you have your uh, Nick Foles tattoo more? there, I assume? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's him high-fiving Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's handing him his Super Bowl ring from two years ago. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, there's definitely like, what, what I'm trying to do, to be honest, is I'm, uh, I'm trying to get like a quarterback every, I do the show every two weeks. I'm trying to get a quarterback from a different part of the country Ah, yeah. Every week, because like obviously backups play on a million teams, but everybody has one or two moments as a backup in a particular city. Like mm-hmm. obviously Kelly right. Holcomb played on four teams, but Cleveland is the place where he's like remembered for what he did. Right. So I'm trying to kind of spread it around like that. And the one cool thing is like you know obviously I'm a huge sports fan. It's fun. Like I feel like I've learned a lot about. Uh, the different cities and the fan bases just in the six episodes I've done because I've done, you know, Coy Detmers, Philly. Yep. Cleo Lemon was Miami. Sage Rosenfels, Houston. Uh, your guy, Kelly Holcomb. And then uh, I'm doing a Jets guy right now. And I feel like each of those places, I'm like, it's cool. Like, you just kind of see the different vibe of the fans after you talk to two or 300 of them in a week. And so it's, it's fun. It makes me excited to get out on the road when all this COVID stuff is done and like go to games and actually meet people in real life. Oh again, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys knew this about Jets fans, but all Jets fans right now want to kill themselves. <laughs> uh, that's the thing I just learned. Actually, I uh, do know that because we were literally in the same spot as them three years ago. Dude, they are, they are a miserable bunch. Yeah. Like, like they are like they're they're like I'm like yeah hey, yeah I got a Glenn Foley podcast they're like who's that I'm like you know who it is like they're like fighting me about it <laughs> who's that? well like 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 listen ima- like imagine imagine being a New York Jets fan like in the same exact city like I, I know they've been pretty terrible the last couple years but you have a another organization in the same city that's won two Super Bowls in the last fifteen years. Yeah, that's a good point, man. I mean, and I always say the Giants, I feel like, have the coolest Super Bowl runs because yeah. they, they won both of them as wild cards, like, against the Patriots. Yeah. They had the crazy yep. catch where he, like, pins it against, like, hit, like the top of his helmet. Yep. Like, all that stuff, I'm like, what more do you, like, as a fan, if you're, like, the Patriots for however long they've been, the you know, 20 years. Yep. At a certain point, like, that's not the best fan experience to just be hated because you win all the time. Right. To be the Giants where, like, you've actually been 
a dog shit team for half of your the last 15 years, but you still won two Super Bowls and you won them in miracle ways. Yep. It's like you're kind of experiencing a little more of what it means to be a human as a Giants fan than you yeah. are as a It's more like of I'd a I'd rather be a Giants fan than a Patriots fan and be like, "Yeah, man, we we went 2 and 12 last year and we beat you twice." Right. In the Super Bowl and you remember both of them. Right. Like, <laughs> right. You couldn't name you couldn't name every team the Patriots won rapid fire in the Super Bowl right. like off the top of your head unless you're a Patriots fan. But everybody knows the yep. Giants beat them yep. twice. Yep. It's like like, like yeah. It's like what you were saying with like maybe like we're two and fourteen, but if a a Patriots fan can't come at me and tell me that um dog crap because I can just come back at them and be like, Hey, when we actually played each other in the Super Bowl, we beat you twice. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, yeah. you you can't talk to me and, about it. And I could imagine as a as an Eagles fan that has to feel pretty cool because you guys are oh, the, other, dude. How was the that? other team that beat the Patriots. Right. Uh, so 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 talking to me as like talk to me. I'm a Browns fan who has no idea what a Super Bowl run is like. Like even to get there and lose. Like two years ago, you guys got there and won the freaking thing. Like how was that playoff run? So let me tell you what I did. So we were, me and my wife were moving across the country to LA during that Super Bowl run. So the last game when they beat the uh, the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, I was at my mom's house in rural Maryland. We, I watched the game with my brother. He's an Eagles fan. We went outside, smoked cigars, and the next morning we left on a road trip, which took us 12 days. We I got into... LA driving in with my wife on a Friday immediately got back on a plane flew across the country back to Philly and uh, met my dad in a bar with my sister and my brother and we watched the Eagles win the Super Bowl so that whole cross-country trip I was just think I was just dreaming what the Super Bowl would be like how and how then, oh sorry oh no I, I was gonna say and then we uh... <laughs> oh there it is <laughs> Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And watch our eagles fly. <laughs> the best part. Coming up, best part. I had so to play beautiful. it. Had to play it. What it's a great, man. what a bar! What, what kind of bar did you go to? Just like a like a suburban bar, or a city bar? Like, I assume it was jam packed. I mean. Well, my dad wanted to go to a suburban bar, and he like he found a bar that was like forty miles outside of the city, and yeah. I was like, cancel that. <laughs> I called my brother, and I was like, you get us something as close to Broad Street as you can. Yeah. And yeah. he got us. He we had to get like a reservation. I think we spent like. It was expensive, but we would have spent that money anyway on right. drinks. Right, right, right. 100%. And, yeah, we, I mean, it was a, it was like standing room only, but we stood in a bar right off of that's Broad right. Street that's, in that's Philly, right, watched yeah. the game. And, yeah, like, dude, I climbed on a fire truck afterwards. Yeah. My dad got really <laughs> sick from being in the rain. It was, um, dude, it was just, like, one of the best nights I can ever, like, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're saying, like, what is it like to talk about? I mean, yeah, it's easily a top five moment in my life. Yeah. Were you... And, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go no, ahead. No, no, I'm done. Um, so so we're, when you were celebrating that night after the game, were you anywhere near the guy who got down on all fours and ate the horse shit oh, from, the, from the mounted no, cop? I, 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 I wish, dude. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. 
So um, I thought that was so amazing and so perfect for because that's the kind of you, you don't want the madness where you burn down like somebody's business. You want people eating right. more shit. Exactly. <laughs> that's the kind of drunk celebration this country needs right now. So funny story about that. So that was that was the year that you know that we tie everything back to Baker Mayfield. It's what we do. So. That was the year. That was the year. Obviously, that the Browns drafted Baker was the draft after that Super Bowl. How does the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tie it in. I'm going to tie it in. Just let it, let it. You know, it's marinating right now. We're going to mental gymnastics. Yeah. So there, this same uh, Cleveland radio host that I mentioned earlier, he the day that after the Super Bowl win, it was also start of the rumors that hey, the Browns might actually like be interested in Baker Mayfield at number one. Well, this radio host is not about it. He's like, if they, they're not going to draft Baker Mayfield, I guarantee it. And he said that, uh, if the Browns take Baker Mayfield, number one, I'll eat horse shit on the air. (laughs) And the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield. And guess what he did the day before that, that season, the 2018 season, he ate horse shit on the radio. Oh, he actually did. Yeah, he actually did it. I have, oh I have, I can show you the video. I, I have the video to prove it. He did it. Oh, that's I'll, that's amazing. I'll, man. Yeah, I'll pass on that. I'll watch. I'll watch that for sure. <laughs> I think he. he I, so they. So I. I they, think we they found something that Eric's into. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. No, it's, it's the only. No, you're right. It's the only way I can get hard. He's a grown man on all fours eating literal horseshit. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, that's great. Oh gosh, that's um, beautiful, man. That's yeah. Hey, that's that's a man of his word. Yeah. Hey, he did it. He did it. Kudos to him. I don't like the guy, but kudos to him. Uh, so yeah. Did he eat it straight from the horse? No, like- no. They had somebody. They had <laughs> so they had somebody bring it into the radio station. It was in like Tupperware. Oh, and then that I a, listen. That was not a real question. I wasn't asking if he literally got the horse. Oh well, I'm going. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you because I saw the video. <laughs> Yeah, they like mixed it in. All right, this yeah, this is getting yeah, graphic is, and weird. This is a lot. Oh, anyway, oh Jordan, God, take it away. So yeah, so let's uh, do a one eighty. Unless you still want to talk about the no, Eagles. No, no, we're good. Understandable. We're good on fecal matter. Um, <laughs> so uh, we obviously all checked out your America's Got Talent video too. So we definitely want to death a little tidbit on that. Um, sure. I'm just curious, and and I like how was it. When you got buzzed, or how, well, I don't know what the term is, like when 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 the fourth buzz hap, buzzer happened, like were you expecting that, or or was it like oh bummer, like because you seem to take it well and you seem to take that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, to be a comedian, I feel like you have to be ready for those type of moments. But like, yeah. what, what what was going through your head when that was happening? Well, so yeah, so on that show, I mean, if, if uh, your listeners might not know, I'm yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, please explain what happened, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not doing me. I'm doing this guy death. And so the whole idea for the character is that he's, I mean, literally, like I I have a I shot a pilot with the guy, and the way I got on the show was being like, he tries stuff and fails. That's like the bit of this character that I've been I've literally been playing that guy for ten years. Mm-hmm. So I'm very I was yeah very comfortable with the idea of him not doing well on the show, and we kind of planned for that. What's funny is that the show did too. Like that's what we were all laughing about you know, in the months leading up pre-production, like, oh yeah, this will piss off this judge and that. (laughs) And then the day of the show, 
um, all the like the producers are coming out to me. Not the producers who are like the really the people in charge, but like the the smaller time producers. Sure. And they're going, "Hey, this is the funniest thing that's ever been on this show. I'm so excited. I, we've been waiting for this for months. This is hilarious." And even though if for months in my head I've been like, obviously I'm gonna get X off the show immediately. That's the whole point. Just having four or five people, like my horseshit comic brain was like, I think I'm gonna win America's Got Talent. <laughs> I'm pretty sure these four people who I've become friends with being saying nice things to me, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna win. So there was a moment and it's what actually ends up on TV is not what happened in, in real oh, life. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So in, in real life I in real life, Death was on stage for close to six minutes and was actually doing pretty well. Oh. Until uh, he told it. I, there's a joke I do in my act about um, killing everybody's grandparents. <laughs> and uh, obviously, <laughs> by the way, half of the audience, uh, like everybody in that audience, it's like people who audition for the show. Oh, so it's, right. it's an insane okay. the audience is like half high school cheerleaders half messed out gang members <laughs> and so I told the joke about killing everybody's grandparents which has zero appeal to anybody in the audience <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I can't remember I think it was Simon does the first X and when he does the X I was I go oh yeah that's right I'm supposed to lose oh yeah because like he was crushing I mean again you don't see that in the final cut of it sure, that's just sure. something that the people right. there would know but the magic of television so there, so there was like a three second window where first as I was crushing with bits unexpectedly like oh my god I think people really like this but then yeah once I got the first X I was like that's right and now. <laughs> say the thing that everybody doesn't like so it ended up it ended up like creatively i'm like really happy with what they did and to be honest i don't think i would go on a show like that if it was not that exact situation where it's right because they they do set that up they put in acts that they want to um yeah i think i think we've all learned a long time ago that these type of shows are Almost borderline state. Well, it's like it's like 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 if you watch American Idol back in the day, and like for the first like month of that show, it's just all the crappy voices that they just want to get people to laugh at because they're so bad, you know. Well, you know what you know what's funny too is like the guy that went on before me was this like again not on the show but in real life. Right. Um, I have no idea where he showed up in the season, but it was like this uh, Hawaiian singer. And he had a beautiful voice, and he sings, and it's really beautiful. Everybody's, like, crying and stuff. And one of the judges is like, who did you sing for? And he's like, I, I sang for my father who, who died two months ago. Death <laughs> took him. And then he literally goes, death took him too soon. <laughs> and, then he, and then he walks off stage. And then I, I'm next, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they really do want me to bomb. But again, like because I was because I was doing well on stage for a couple of minutes, I was I just forgot that that was the whole purpose of me being well, there. So. What are your, what are your thoughts on them? Because like you see that clip and they make it as if nobody laughed one time. Like what what are your thoughts on that? Like because what you're telling us is so different. Again, were you expecting it, it or? Yeah, no. That's the thing. Is like I was saying, if it was, I'd feel differently if it was like my material, me as a stand up. Sure. I might feel bad. Yeah. But I don't know if I want I don't know if I would ever give somebody the right to edit my material like that. Yeah. Again, the thing I cared about with death was just like like the fact that I don't if you watch the the full clip, he's on 
it's like a commercial to commercial eight minutes of death on the yeah. show. Like they shot promos with me. Like we were doing sketches outside. Mm, right. All of that stuff was really cool and ended up being a huge. Like I got like thousands of followers on my Instagram page. Sure. Like death himself has an Instagram page. Yeah. All that stuff, like I got more than I expected out of that show. Yeah. So the fact that they it's a show and they have to cut it to kind of like fit a story or whatever like that doesn't bother me at all and i kind of knew what i was getting into with that sure i was just really happy that they gave my character that much screen time and like really developed his emotion the emotional reason why he's even there you know i thought it would be like a three second cut of like death getting booed but they really like they really leaned in to fuck me with the edit, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I loved, uh, I loved the part where uh, you were waiting to go on and you were standing there with Terry Crews. Yes. And he fist bumps you and he goes, uh-oh, oh, uh, is, that, is anything going to, like, what's going to happen? And you're like, it's okay. I'm off the clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the weird thing about that is that we shot that and then there was another 10 minutes till I actually went on stage. <laughs> And he just stood next to me like I wasn't there for ten full minutes, and it was—it felt weird. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I guess, like in my mind, I'd be like, "Hey, man, good luck." Like I would try right. to be like, but I think for him, he's just on—he's like on autopilot. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Like you're talking, yeah, yeah. I'm a personable guy, and scene. <laughs> yeah, and right. You're just dead oh, that inside. is hilarious. That that might actually be my favorite part of this whole yeah. discussion. That's really funny. <laughs> oh, there, was, man. I, there was some adrenaline coming off stage, like because, like I said, I, again, I'm very prepared for what happened on the show. But right. like coming off stage, you still have there's still a feeling of getting booed by four thousand people, even if you tell yourself this is <laughs> happening. You're like, right. it feels it's a it's an experience. And and I walked off stage and Terry Crews is like, hey, hey, how'd that feel? I wanted to be like, motherfucker, how do you think that? <laughs> 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 I, just, oh, I just willingly walked in front of a like a shooting range and <laughs> got nailed. <laughs> this feels insane right now. Oh, that's great. But, but I was, I always let people know as soon as that as soon as that uh, I got off stage for that show. The camera crew came and grabbed me, and we shot for another, like, five hours that night. Wow, wow. So most of the stuff that's in the death package happens after I I got off stage. And this is is the last thing I'll say, because I know you guys run a very tight ship. (laughs) And then you you even sent me a schedule. You sent me a schedule, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, When my guests come on the show, I still have, like, a Pornhub window open. (laughs) You sent me a schedule. So I know oh, you're man. really serious. Yes, it's the, it's, um, the, it's the one that you like accident. It's the tab that you accidentally click on, and you're like, "Oh, did you see that?" Yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's a shot in there somewhere. I don't remember where. Where you see Death, and he's out in the he's out in the crowd. And he's watching the stage of yeah. America's Got Talent. So in reality, we shot that maybe 30 minutes after I'd gotten off stage. So that Got whole it. crowd had had just booed the character and then I'm with a camera crew shooting right with them five seconds later. Yeah. And this one guy walks up to me while we're shooting and goes, Hey, I didn't like that joke you told about killing my grandma. (laughs) I'm going to kick your ass. Oh my God. And I'm, you know, I'm not like, look, I'm not like a fake tough guy, but I'm ready to go if it's time to go. (laughs) And so I started to walk towards him and, like a couple of the producers separated us 
And I didn't think until like days later how ridiculous that must have looked to people that like <laughs> death in full costume. Yeah, right. Because like, you're, you're dressed up was, in the face paint. Yeah. Yeah, I was like legit ready to fist fight this dude. Also, like it's hilarious that he thinks like the joke about killing everybody's grandma was real. Like I was yeah. right, or that it was directed like, I was to him there later that night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, anyway, it was a, dude. It was a it was a crazy experience. But all the people I met on the show were like, have I mean, literally the woman that cast me on the show. I'll say her name. Her name's uh, Nyla uh, Durrani. She ended up becoming like a good friend of mine. Shout so, out Nyla. Oh, cool. Yeah, so all that all that stuff is great, and I, uh, yeah, I, it was a it was one of the coolest experiences I've had in my career. I'm, I felt really lucky to be on it. Awesome, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for uh, spending some time to talk about that. Uh, you know, none of us have ever done anything like that, so we were really <laughs> excited to talk about that. Um, so I want to do a couple rapid fire questions since you've, it sounds like you've traveled a lot, correct? And probably not some, maybe this year has been weird because of COVID, but on, in general, you probably are traveling a good amount with comedy stuff, I would imagine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I try to, I'm usually on the road, like maybe like one weekend out of the month right now. Okay. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be great to make that more after sure. COVID's done, but. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I'm sure you've had great food great drinks great experiences in in cities so i wanted to ask you just a couple of rapid fire questions um first oh first before you do that oh, i'm yeah. sorry have you ever been to cleveland no okay oh wow i would i was wondering because so what jordan's about to do uh we usually go uh with our guests that are actually like from cleveland mm -hmm. so when we ask these questions it's more like cleveland based like like you'll you'll get it you'll get it when he asks them but like obviously for you who hasn't been to Cleveland, like you'll just talk about like yeah, your yeah, favorite yeah, like wherever in your world. Yeah. So let's just start with the first let's start with the first one. So do you like burgers? Are you a burger guy? I'm a burger guy, yeah. Perfect. What what's the best burger or one of the best burgers you've had um, hmm. throughout the, the country? Best? So Yeah, I mean, everybody said in LA they think that uh in and out Burger is great. I think it kind of sucks. Okay. Ooh, but hot take. What's weird is when I lived in New York, I lived in a place called Astoria, Queens. Yeah. And there was this place called Petey's Burgers where they were like, it tastes just like in and out <laughs> And we and we knew we were moving to LA, so I started going there, and it became like my favorite burger place, <laughs> even though I found it like six months before we left the city. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then I got to LA, and I was like, no, these LA burgers suck. Petey's Burgers is way better back in New yeah. York. So I'd say I mean I don't know. By the way, I don't know if any of these places are still open anymore. But oh, I know, Petey's, God. Petey's in Astoria, okay, off the Thirty uh, Third Street stop is probably my favorite burger joint in recent memory. Every, everybody, everybody that uh, I hear like from New York, like I have family that lives in the Bronx and all that. Like that, New York City is just an absolute like ghost town wasteland. Yeah, I mean, we look. We're just we're just at family's house in Long Island, kind yeah. of visiting people. So we haven't had a chance to go into the city yet. But all my friends that are there are like, I mean, yeah, they seem pretty depressed about it. Like, I can't tell if they're depressed from the city being empty or all these Zoom improv shows they're doing. Right. But either way, they seem depressed. Like I feel like right now, death would love New York City. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god! Yeah, I don't know if New York City would love him right now. <laughs> working overtime. Yeah. Hey. All right. So um, now you're in LA. So I'm really curious about this one. Favorite taco? Mm, favorite taco. Uh, 
favorite tacos? Well, uh, there's a great place in LA that we take everybody when they visit us. It's in sure. North Hollywood. Uh, it's called Salsa and Beer. Okay. Um, I love it there. But I would say if I'm talking in my life, my favorite tacos, I went to school in uh, Newport News, Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, a place called Christopher Newport University for college. Yeah. And there's a place called Plaza Azteca there. All right. And I actually don't know if the tacos are good because I might have been wasted every single time I ate there for five straight years. Hey, that's what it but is. Drunk food. Plaza Azteca is my favorite place to have tacos. Awesome. That's so funny you said that. My grandpa actually lived there when he came over from Lebanon. Um, for That's kind of like the first city he settled in. So I've never heard of anyone who even knows of what Newport News is. So that's fascinating. Dude, if you're a sports fan, you should pay attention. Like half of the NFL is from Newport News and the Hampton Tidewater area. It's like yeah. a, it's like it a hotbed. Kind of it's, it's definitely like it's definitely like growing now. Like uh, every time I read an article about it, they're talking about trying to get a baseball team there because the sure. population's exploding. But I'm sure when your grandfather was there, it was a shithole. I have no idea. I just know that it was. It's it's known for being like a. There's a lot of sailors there, like a lot of navy guys or something. There's like a base or something, something like that. I have no idea. But um, yeah. anyhow, that's that's a little off topic. But uh, all right, so two more, two more. Let's do. Uh, I'm sorry to bring this up because you probably can't enjoy this at least the normal version for much longer. But pizza, I gotta know your favorite pizza. <laughs> Good job, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> uh, do, do, does the audience know I have celiac disease? We, we make that clear did not make that clear because that's oh, yeah, what we, we said before. The, we did talk yes. about that before we started recording. Uh, hey, everybody! Uh, Eric has celiac disease. <laughs> no. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I found no. I found out I have celiac disease like three weeks ago, so I can still eat that stuff because they have to do like a procedure, sure. to, like a biopsy. So, like right now is my swan song for pizza. <laughs> just, um, just mauling pizza every chance he gets. There's a there's a place in New York uh, I used to go a lot called John's on Bleecker that I liked a lot. Yes. Um, there's a uh, there's a great spot in LA that I go to called Ghost Pizza, which looks like okay. it would suck because it's like a little tiny. It's like, I don't know, 30 feet total. Like, yeah. it's a, it's hey, like there's no place to sit. You just pick up the pizza off those the street. Some of the best. Oh, but yeah. it's awesome. I love that spot. Um, yeah, I'd say those are probably my. Those are probably the cool. two that are sticking out to me right now. Awesome. Final. Yeah, I, so, so John's on Bleecker I've actually heard of. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to be interested to be texting with you after this to get your favorite, like, New York uh, pizza. Because when all this is over... And hopefully, some of these places are still open. I really want to go to New York. I haven't been to New York since I was like five, so I want to go to New yeah. York now and like go on like a pizza tour. Dude, I lived there for eleven years. I can give you the whole. I'll give oh. you the list of all the places that I can never eat again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I mean I to keep saying, bringing I, I it was, up. I don't know if you guys know. But, you know, just if, if we're going to talk about celiac disease, I'd like to educate your audience a little bit. Let's do if it. If you're not familiar, uh, sure. celiac disease is an auto, it's an immune disorder where uh, your friends call you gay for eating a salad at a bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> it's very <Aww>. serious. <laughs> no croutons, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> a croutonless salad, that's right. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, All right, final, final one of these questions. Uh, I'm a big fan of dive bars and just goofy bars. Any does any dive bar or bar or like it could even be like a comedy bar. Does any place like that stand out as your favorite across the country? 
Um, geez, across the country. Um, yeah, or or it, could, it could be in L.A. Or, or, you know, places you're yeah, more familiar yeah. with. I mean, the places, I was in New York for 11 years. I mean, the sure. places in New York are probably where I have, like, the most, um, like, like, I have more of a connection to. There was a place I used to do my birthday every year in a story called the Astoria Beer Garden. Oh, that sounds um, cool. If you can probably tell from my name, Hellwig, I'm, I've got some German ancestry, and that place was super German. Yeah. So I was like that. And then there is, this is kind of sad, but there was the place that I really started doing stand-up comedy was The Creek in the Cave uh, in Long Island City, which just closed last week, uh, which sucks oh, and is sucks. super depressing. Yeah. But they had a bar They had a bar downstairs where I was drinking twice a week for seven years because I hosted a show there. I did all my oh, nice. mics there. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pour one out tonight for The Creek in the Cave and their downstairs bar. Yeah. Heck all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah um, so... One other question that I had for you before, um, and we've already talked about this, we do a top five every week where we just pick a topic and give our top five list. And this week, you know, we're going to do our top five comedians. Um, but. Oh, fuck. You asked me about this before and I forgot. Hang on. I can think of them. It's cool. Go. <laughs> well, do you want us to go? Well, no, no. What I, to go first and then we can well, have what I, you. What or... I wanted to ask you first was, um, you know, obviously this is a tough time. Uh, for a lot of uh, people, but specifically people like yourself who are comedians who make their livelihood, you know, in clubs, in bars, on stage, uh, public speaking, talking to people and trying to make people laugh. Like, how has this been for you? How have you pivoted to kind of, you know, keep the career going, make ends meet, like all that sort of stuff? Like, how's that been? Yeah. Uh, I mean, first off, I would like to say that it is harder for comedians than doctors and nurses. I yeah. do believe that. <laughs> Those yeah, 100%. weaklings have it on easy street. And yeah, you can right. quote me. Yeah. Um, so it's harder for us. We are the true heroes. Yeah. And, right. um, Who cares about the people that got to work 21 hours a day? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. World's smallest violin. That's how yeah. I feel. So, uh, I mean, honestly, man, like the podcast was really my thing because I've, I haven't started advertising yet on the pod. Um, but you know, the, the, I don't mind telling you guys like the, the term goal is obviously to not just do advertising, but to start up a Patreon page and sure. give yeah. people options to support. And I was actually listening. I don't know if you guys know Tim Dillon. He's a comedian. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Jimmy just very, pumped his fist. Just subscribed to his Patreon yesterday. Very, very funny guy. He actually he did my show a couple times in New York. Uh, oh, nice. He's a, very, he's a good guy, too. So funny. And I was listening to his podcast, and he was saying something like, if you're a comedian complaining about your opportunities during a pandemic where you have an internet connection and a phone, you're full of shit. Yeah. Because you, yeah. could be, you could be finding your fans online right now if you really wanted to. And that the thing we all say as comedians, we're like, yeah, well, you know, I, I work harder on all the career stuff, but I got a day job, you know, like it takes up yeah. so much of my time. I don't have enough time. And it's like, well, now, motherfucker, you've had 10 months. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Turns out time wasn't the issue. It's you. Yeah. So I really took that to, I mean, I don't remember when I heard him say that, but I kind of took it to heart and was like, you know, the pandemic hit and I thought, you know, I mean, I know we joked about it, but me messaging you guys was like, that's what I'm doing is I'm reaching out to people that I think would like the content I'm making and making connections, doing people's show. I've done a bunch of people's shows in the last couple months. Um, I've had a bunch of people on my show. Like that's, 
that's what you do is you just find another way to make people laugh. I mean, I guess I've done a couple of those live Zoom shows, but those suck. Yeah. And I don't I don't think the solution to this is like anxious comics leaning into their MacBooks telling their crappy jokes. Yeah. 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 To like delayed yeah. laughter. <laughs> I think it's I think it's to like make content that you feel proud of and get it yeah. out there and make people laugh that way. So, you know, when we go back to hopefully when we go yeah. back to, you know, fucking random people and shaking hands and coughing <laughs> without worrying about your own death. Um, death. I think everything that I've been doing in the pandemic is going to stay a part of my life because I, I just realized now there's no reason to not connect with people yeah. like you guys in Cleveland. We've, we've had these tools the whole time. Sure. This has just been like a silver lining of how crappy it's been for the last year is, you know, it's a renewed interest in connecting with people, you know? Right. I, I have a question too, kind of bouncing off this. You, you have a joke about TikTok on your, on your uh, Twitter um okay. page do you see tiktok as like a medium that comedians could use to potentially gain audiences or maybe even sponsorships or something like that because i know that i've seen some some people have really blown up on tiktok lately uh i'm just curious your thoughts on that if you if you view it as a viable medium for a comedian uh, my thoughts are that if you're on TikTok and you're a dude over the age of 35, you're fucking kids. <laughs> That's honestly what I think. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure other people have use for it, but I sure, don't like sure. it and would never join it. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Straight to the point. Oh, my God. I feel, I feel like Delia spent a lot of time on TikTok. Ooh. Ooh. That's, that's, yeah. I'm sorry, is, yeah. Chris, is Chris Delia one of your listeners? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. Is yeah, he's, one of your, he's like, act, second cousins? That's yeah, on he's one of our big fans, yeah. actually. Yeah, he was actually scheduled on the show uh, <laughs> a few months ago. Had, Dude, had, if, you reached, if you reached out to him, I think he'd have the availability right now. Yeah, no, no, the rescheduling <laughs> came on our end. Yeah, he, he found out we weren't 17, uh, so he bailed. Yeah. Yeah. So he decided yeah. not to come on the oh show. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, I, feel, I feel bad piling on the guy, but whatever. It was there. Hey, it was no, a, he deserved it. fruit, I took it. Yeah. Shoot yeah. your shot. Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Top five? Yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's do our top five. We'll go around the room and... And then you can give us ours. You can edu- you can educate us after we yeah. give some some probably uh, canned uh, answer comedians that everybody gives, and then some that we think are funny that probably aren't actually funny. <laughs> uh, it, it, dude, it, it's all in the eye of the beholder, man. I'm interested to hear who you guys like. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I don't care. Dan goes first. All right, so I'm gonna go five to one. These are sort of in order. Uh, Number five for me is Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, I'm Italian, so all of his jokes that revolve around his Italian family resonate with me. So that's why it's it's funnier to me. Um, I feel like over the last couple years, like anytime I get together with my Italian family, we either talk about uh, one of his bits or somebody plays it on their phone on YouTube. So uh, he's definitely a favorite for ours. Number four is on my list because it's one of my favorite TV shows, and it's actually the last uh, uh, comedy show I went and saw in person uh, in downtown Cleveland was uh, Stephen Ranazisi from The League. Uh, he was hilarious. I mean, I was, like, in tears listening to his show. So, um, And he's he's my favorite character on the show The League, Kevin MacArthur. So um, he's on my list. Number three, and, and the top three are all, like, like – 
Okay, yeah, everybody's going to say that. So number three for me is Eddie Murphy. Um, mainly for me, uh, when he was on, like, obviously his stand-up stuff, but uh, a lot of it, too, is, like, his movies. Uh, him being uh, Sherman Klump on, uh, uh, what the hell is the movie called? Nutty Professor. Oh, Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor. Oh, my God, especially when uh he was on stage with uh reggie who was dave Chappelle. oh my god it was just incredible for me uh number two robin williams uh rest in peace um he's his a couple of his movies are probably some of my favorite of all time mrs doubtfire uh and then uh jack is one of my favorite movies of all time and uh his stand-up bit about uh scottish people discovering the game of golf is one of my favorite bits of all time and then number one for me is Dave Chappelle. Uh, Chappelle show back in the day, uh, his recent comeback. And then I don't know if – I'm sure you guys all saw his hosting SNL uh, a couple weeks ago. His monologue on SNL was uh, fantastic. And then uh, – Oh, yeah. Uh, again, I go back to like when I first uh, just like knew – I didn't even know it was him, but him like Reggie on Nutty Professor, him as Reggie on uh in that movie and i didn't even know until like five years later that that was actually dave Chappelle. um is hilarious so that's uh that's my list that's my top five cool i can go next um so for me number five would be uh, gabriel iglesias fluffy Um, as a as a mexican i appreciate his hilarious mexican jokes and i just he just gets so many things spot on and i just think he's a genuinely funny guy too um number four would probably be jen kirkman i became a big fan of hers a couple years ago i saw one i saw one of her netflix specials and i don't know she just has a sense of humor that really cracks me up um i also saw her on drunk history and i thought her bit was really funny uh three would be bill burr uh, I love everything about Bill Burr, just his, you know, attitude, <laughs> just everything about him. Um, I think his stand-up. I think he's really, I think he's really clever too. Overall, um, I think a lot of people just kind of see him as an edgy comedian or like, oh, he's just trying to stir the pot. But I think, I think he's got a little more depth than just that. But uh, two for me would also be Dave Chappelle, as uh, Dan said. Uh, love his show, but also every one of his stand-ups has Chappelle show. blown me blown me away and made me laugh. Number one is uh, someone that not a lot of people know. I'm, you might, obviously, I would assume know him, Eric, but uh, Nate Bargatze is actually my... Sure. Yeah, he's yeah. my number one favorite. I don't... His delivery and his... Ah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's something about his delivery just gets me, and he's just so funny. I love, I love everything I've seen from him. Um, so he'd probably be my number one and I hope to be able to see him, uh, next year. I believe he's coming again. He had to reschedule his, uh, his tour in Cleveland. I think he's coming to the Agora next year. So I'm hoping to be able to get to that show, but Nate Bargatze's number Hopefully one. Hopefully it happens. Me. Yeah, that too. That too. Cause they already had to cancel it once. Yeah. 
All right, I'll go next. Um, number five for me. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a big Mitch Hedberg fan. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, I love dry, uh, very um, – I love dry humor. And so he – Mitch um, – what was funny about him is I guess he – Apparently, he actually was like super stage. He had a ton of stage fright, and I, I've heard some things about you know him on stage and his his delivery. Just for whatever reason, it always cracked me up. Uh, another number four for me. Uh, you mentioned Robin Williams. I agree with pretty much oh. everything you said. Robin Williams is great from his stand up to his movies. Uh, number three. I know he got himself in some hot water and was considered problematic for a while, but Louis C.K. always cracked me up. Um, I'm a big Louis C.K. fan. Oh, he's definitely funny. Yeah, he. Yeah, he. <laughs> his is. SNL. Uh, bits were really funny oh for too. sure uh number two for me a uh, little bit older george carlin um definitely a, a carlin fan oh, that's old school yeah a little bit more old school for sure and then uh at the moment i can't stop uh watching listening to his specials his podcasts all sorts of pretty much anything he puts out i'm into it tom segura uh, oh, yeah. is easily uh, one of my favorites. I'm I'm huge on the whole uh, your mom's house. So like his the umbrella for his like podcast brand is your mom's house, and so his wife is he and his wife do their podcast, and then she has her own. Um, and then uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky uh, also has Dr. Drew After Dark, and then there's all these guys like they're creating, they're doing it right. Like you you talked about um, the technology, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like. They're taking full advantage of the fact that they can, um, you know, create their own content and deliver their own content. And they don't have to worry about being censored by a particular platform and they can just put it all out there. So I, I love not only do I love his, his stand up, but just his podcast like Empire is uh, is definitely big. And I, I'm, I'm a huge Tom Segura fan. I love that uh, he came out in his last special and was like, I guess I should keep doing the podcast. <laughs> 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 like his third special now. Yep. Yeah, they've no, they've they've for sure done it right. They, there was a wave that broke. I, I like to tell myself that the podcast wave is still starting. I'm sure you guys like to as well. Yeah. But the people that really got in on it, like seven or eight years ago, the super talented comedians that like hit it right. I mean, you're watching them, especially now. Like you know, not to whatever the whole anti PC thing is so such a trope now, but yeah. Yeah. You know, in, the, in, the, in this climate, um, yeah. <laughs> to have people supporting you directly, to have your own network where you can say what you want yep. and no one can fire you for yeah. some bullshit is pretty damn important as a comedian. And I think obviously Rogan's like the insane example of that right. with, <laughs> with his stuff. And But uh, yeah, I, I, I love... I mean, is it, is it my turn? Is there another person to go? No, yeah, go, go for it. Up. Okay, so, yeah, so my list, like, I, I had, like, honorable mentions, and you guys said, oh, 100%. Old, like, I love Nikki Glaser. Yeah, oh, yes, She makes yes. me laugh very hard. <laughs> I know I already mentioned Tim Dillon as somebody I like, Tom Segura. Um, but my five list, I did, like, people that I think inspired me. Sure. Yeah. Because I'm a comic myself, so. And, look, I think I might have the most divisive person on here. Number five, Dane Cook. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I'm 35 years old. Yeah. And when I was 15 years old, I remember my friend, uh, I got in his car. He was like, you have to listen to this CD that I have. And we, he put on Dane Cook and it's like, there's, I don't know. There's like maybe three times I remember laughing 
in my life. One of them was watching Jackass in the movie yes. <laughs> And I, I, just, I remember, th- I remember thinking I was going to die. I was laughing so hard watching that movie. Um, the first time listening to Dane Cook when I was 15 years old, I felt that same way and it made me want to be a comedian. So I know he gets a lot of hate, but I'm just being real. That chicken. guy totally inspired me to do comedy. So chicken he's, tenders. He's my five. Number four, I'll go Joan Rivers. Oh, wow. Um, there you go. Oh, okay. I, lo- I love Joan Rivers so much. And, uh, you know, it gets, I feel like, overplayed by a lot of people now. But to be a woman coming up when she came up oh, and gosh, the way yeah. she had to do comedy and the bullshit she had to go through and to still be that fearless on stage, um, I love her. And I watch her YouTube clips all the time. Um, th- that woman had no fear yeah. of pissing people off and... Even when she was wrong, the way she would tell people to fuck off straight to their face, I just, I I love her. And she is legit crazy. She is a completely insane person. I was in a, I remember I was in a class or something with somebody whose husband was making the documentary on her life. Um, So she was just telling us stories about Joan River, like every week we'd go into class. And it was me, other people would be like, oh my God, that sounds so miserable. And I was like, that sounds like a comedian to me. That sounds like a crazy person whose life is about telling jokes. Yeah. So I love Joan. Number three, I think I think a couple of you guys said Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr for every reason that's yes. been said already. Yes. Number two, Chappelle. Yeah. He's amazing. His first special in DC, um, the one where he does like the the count joke. One, two, three, yeah. Smacks. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my maybe my favorite special ever. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I love Louis C.K. I think he's the best comedian of my lifetime. Uh, I love his career post Me Too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I love, I love, because uh, that a lot of the stuff we talk about with podcasting and being your own source of, um, employment sure uh louis ck did that stuff with television shows um with his specials he's one of the first people that at least i I was aware of that would shoot his own stuff would own his own stuff would distribute it through his own website so beyond being a hilarious comedian i mean i remember used to listening to him on opie and anthony uh oh my god did i did i forget patrice o'neill oh my god I love okay, shout so, out another honorable mention. I don't even know how I did that. Okay, everybody moves down, and Patrice O'Neill is my second favorite. Behind <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot Patrice O'Neill. Yes, I love Patrice O'Neill. It was when I said Opie and Anthony, it came yeah. back to me. Okay, so this is why I should have written them down when you told me earlier to write your five comics, as I was trying to remember them now. Yeah, Patrice is two, and then Louis one. That's a hell of a list. That's what a great list. list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Makes uh, me feel good yeah. about some of the ones we like too. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. One other one other question I have for you, but uh, I wanted to ask before we did this list. Um, how was it? When did you go uh, to? Uh, when were you at Second City, and how was that? So I was at Second City when I was still in college, and it's when they okay. used to do the. Uh, they used to be in New York, which okay. I, I I took the last class they ever taught in New York. So like we finished a. Uh, it was like sketch and improv. And we had our grad show, and the show ended, and they were like, all right, we're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, they never came back. And at that time, I still didn't live in New York. I was down in Virginia. Okay. But I went back to school, graduated, and moved up to New York, like, a year later. 
Yeah. And the teacher that I had at Second City that I did the two week intensive with, um, he was then teaching at this other theater called The Pit. And I remember him just telling me, you should take classes here. And I was like, okay. And that immediately became like my starting point for all the comedy I did in New York for 11 years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I, so I, I didn't, I don't think I had the second, ex, second city experience most people think of when they think of going to Chicago and yeah. it's like where Chris Farley and all the, like, right. I, Farley I isn't just, like Corral and Colbert and all them too. It's, it's like everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I was just in like, I was in the Lower East Side with a dude from Second City <laughs> teaching me sketch and improv. Yeah. Right. But it was still cool. It's still their curriculum or whatever. And sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, every time I watch The Office, when, uh, when they have, it's, it's in the later seasons when Carell goes to the, uh, improv class where I don't know if you're a big Office fan, but, uh, when he, uh, when the only thing he wants to do is tell people that he has a gun and oh, they have to put yeah. their arms up, yeah. no matter what the skit is. <laughs> oh my god, I no, die no, every time. Uh, no, yeah, and the, it's uh, and you know who the guy is in that scene with them? It's um, I can't think of his name, but it's the Asian dude from The Hangover. That's Ken Jong, yeah, oh, Ken Jong, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ken, Ken Jong raises his hands. Yeah, it, the, after the, Steve the, Carell whispers to him, and yeah. he goes, uh, "He told me he can't show me, but he has a gun." <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny scene, because uh, like, right, cause yeah. like right before that, he had already told two other people, and then the the professor. Uh, or the instructor or whatever told him, hey, you can't tell anybody that you have a gun anymore. Like, you can't do that. So, he, so then he whispers to him. He's like, <laughs> like, he said he can't show me, but he has a gun. And everybody's just like, okay. That shows such a good example because, you know, Steve Carell never won an Emmy for right. that show. Right. Uh, yeah, which not is that, crazy. I, not, that, not that I think that matters at all. Right. But true. It's such a good example of, like, people, like, people just trying to have a cool opinion being like, Oh man, the office sucks. The British one's way better. It's like, no, it isn't. I've watched the British one. I've watched the American one. (laughs) The American one's better. Yeah. Yeah. The British one's fine. It's, it's great too. I love it. It's good for different reasons, but Steve Carell's masterful in the office. It's, it's, it's a great sitcom. And you, you know, it's good because there's like 30 other shows that tried to do the exact same thing. Yeah. The, 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 uh, that reminds me, when you're talking about the American and the British one, when uh, the scene where Ricky Gervais shows up and him and Michael are talking in the hallway before getting on the elevator, and uh, Ricky Gervais says, uh, comedy is like a place the mind goes to tickle itself. And then he laughs and goes, oh, that's what she said. And Michael Scott just like, oh, he doesn't know what to say, he just hugs him. <laughs> yeah. It's like somebody finally got his that's what she said joke. I don't, I don't remember Ricky Gervais being on it, but I'm taking your word he's, for it. That he's that in, he, that's the only scene yeah, he's, he's in. Yeah, a very quick scene. Yeah, it's like okay. thirty. It's like thirty seconds. He just like runs into him. It's when uh, uh, Charles Minor Idris Alba is interviewing people to take Michael's job because Michael had just quit, and it was right before he started Michael Scott Paper Company. So Ricky okay. Gervais was going – he was one of the interviewees, which is interesting because he plays the Michael Scott character in the original and the British version. So that's when they like – they meet and he, and he says that and Michael Scott just like, oh my god, he gets it and then like hugs him. And it's just the funniest thing in the world. 
Well, so, so now I feel like a fraud because I feel like I've watched The Office and I feel like you're describing a completely different show than I remember. I'll find maybe it. Just, maybe I'm just forgetting an episode. Yeah, I'll find it and I'll yeah. send you the episode. It's a very brief episode. Yeah, it's, I, I can't blame you for It's a 20-second clip. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. He's not in the entire episode. He's in it for like that that part. That's it. But, uh, oh, so he makes like a cameo. Yeah, yeah. I, it exactly. might even be the like cold that, open. Is it like, the cold open? Uh, no, it's not. It's, but like that yeah. that same episode, like Jim Carrey's in it. Uh, Ray Romano's in yeah, it. Yeah, they have like uh, a whole bunch of big names in it. Ray Romano's the guy that that uh, in the he's interview he's he, talking about Finger Lakes. Yeah, or, Finger yeah. Lake. No, Jim that's Jim Carrey. Oh, Jim Carrey. Ray, Ray Romano's the guy that pulls the his lunch out of his uh, uh, suitcase and just yes. starts eating a sandwich while he's yeah. doing the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just amazing i love that show I've, it sounds like a great episode guys oh, i gotta check it out yeah i'll send it to you <laughs> yeah. uh all right well I, I think that's that's really about it for us um for this episode we really appreciate you coming on eric is there anything uh go ahead and plug uh your social media you know what you got going on right now and where can people find you yeah, so I'm on any social media platform, just Eric Helwig. I spell my name a little weird, CK for Eric Helwig, like you were bad and you went to hell, wig like you're bald and you're putting something on your head. Helwig. Um, and I just honestly, the easiest way to, I mean, yeah, you can find my podcast on, you know, anywhere you listen to podcasts, but really, if you just go to my website, which is erichelwig.com, um, you'll see everything there. Uh, for listening to the podcast. Not everybody has, I know, I think most people listen to podcasts on either Apple or Spotify. Sure. Right, so I've got right. the two links right there to do whatever your preference is. But I do always I do always ask people, and I'm sure you guys do the same thing, uh, if you like my podcast, subscribe and write me a five-star review. Absolutely. If you like it. That's, yeah. the, that's the big thing we're doing right now, and you know, hopefully, you know, retweeting you guys on my page and you know, that, that's what we want to do as podcasters is just hook each other up yeah, with dude. Thank you so people much. to listen to our content, you know? Funny funny story about the uh about the subscribing and uh review and rating thing. So um obviously, you know, we do the same thing just like everybody does, you know, uh review us, subscribe, follow, rate, all that stuff. His girlfriend's brother <laughs> thought it would be funny to go on to our Apple podcast and give us a one star review just because he's a jackass. What? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So oh. like he thought it was a joke. We're like, dude, that brings our rating down. <laughs> so dude, if you, so what if you an look asshole. right, so if you look, like we don't have a lot like on there. I think we have like twenty or whatever. But like there's one that has like a one star. So it's like <laughs> we have nineteen five star reviews and one one star review, so our rating is like four and a half instead of five. Dude, that when I come to Cleveland, uh, after you show me around to some cool uh, spots, Heck let's yeah, go punch man. that dude in the face. <laughs> yeah, that Joe, pisses me off for you. Joe Alto, that's his name. Look him up. I, <laughs> let, uh, before we get off, I want to read you just because uh, very quickly. Sure. This is a this is a real review I got on my podcast. Okay. Sure. Um, it says, uh, "Sorry to hear about Liz saying my name and having to do a retake and then getting grouchy." I've said this before. Feel free to say a funny story or even a joke about me. We've talked about this. Come on. I love the podcast. You and Liz have great chemistry. Maybe a little less sexy talk next time. Make sure to let Gordon out of the bedroom. Love you, Mom. So <laughs> my mom just like text, like what should have been just a text message to me, she reviewed my podcast like that. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> it was actually your mom? 
Yeah, that, my mom incredible. wrote that. That is, that is incredible. That is, my good. mom listened to the podcast, heard me say rate and review my podcast, and then just what was literally her? just like wrote to me like she would an email. What, what was what, what was the screen name that she put for the review? It's Gabby Jake. Oh, okay. Is the name she has on there. <laughs> it's not like uh, Eric's mom or something like that. No, no. <laughs> Oh, I mean, man. that's not really her name. I don't know why that's her name. I guess she just picked a fake one. Like but fake yeah. that's, I, like, called her afterwards. I was like, is this really you? And she was like, <laughs> you said to review it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Oh, it's so fantastic. Love it. Love oh, my gosh. Love it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, again, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks for uh, finding us, number one, and, uh, you know, following us and everything. And, um, you know, we're certainly going to follow you uh, from here on out, and we'll – promote you any way that any way that we can so um but yeah thanks for coming on with us i appreciate you guys too i listened to your uh the review of the browns eagles game that you did yeah and i was like you you guys are the reason i have a good my my, my good feelings for cleveland browns fans continues yeah there we go. Right. Uh, you, you, you guys are earnest in a way that i really appreciate it so thank you for the time and yeah man let's uh let's let's stay in touch yeah for sure thanks man i appreciate it Right, have a, later, have a good one. Take care. All right, so thanks to Eric Helwig. You can find him on social media at uh, Eric Helwig. That's E-R-I-C-K-H-E-L-L-W-I-G. So be sure to follow him. Uh, check out all of his stuff on YouTube. His podcast, Bring In The Backups, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcasts. And... Uh, Speaking of that, you can also find us wherever you find your podcast at the LOTL podcast. So that's pretty much going to do it for us for this week. Um, and uh, you will hear us again on Sunday for a Browns postgame show. We didn't get to talk about a lot with the Browns today. Obviously, the news that uh, Miles Garrett's going to be out this week again and Denzel Ward is going to miss a couple weeks with a calf strain. Um, tough news there, but. Uh, you know, we're playing the Jaguars, so hopefully we can figure out a way to get through at least this week. So uh, we uh, hope for another victory. So for uh, Ryan, J- Jimmy, and Jordan, and Eric, I'm Dan, and you've been listening to Living Off the Land, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya.